Good morning and welcome to church. This is the Covenant Nation. My name is Soji Akele and it's such an honor to be with you in your home or wherever you're watching us from this Sunday morning. It's been an eventful year so far. We thank God for his mercies that I knew every morning. We thank God for his grace that is made available to us. Um, I'd like to invite you as we go into the message from our senior pastor. Please put away all distractions. If you need to quickly send this link to one of your friends or family elsewhere who needs to listen to this message, please send the link to them very quickly. Uh, share it with them on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, on YouTube, or simply go to our website www.insightsforliving.org forward slash live stream. Uh, so that they can get connected with this message as we go into it. The Bible talks about God and the word of his grace that is able to build us and give us an inheritance with the saints. Uh, please listen, and it's my prayer that God blesses you as you listen to this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to today's service. First of all, I'd just like to say thank you very much for allowing us into your private space to be able to minister God's word unto you. Before we get into today's message, which is something I consider very, very important in the scriptures, we will just sing this old hymn unto the Lord, and we will be back after it. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder, consider all the works thy hand hath made. I see the stars, I hear the mighty thunder, thy path throughout the universe display. Then sings my soul.
Let's just say a word of prayer before we get into the message. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for every single person under the sound of my voice listening to this. I ask in the name of Jesus, by the definite supply of your spirit, you have granted in answer to prayer that I will speak honor to them as your oracle, that your word will go forth into their hearts with simplicity, but in accuracy and with power, and that light will shed upon all our paths. And we'll hear that small, still voice of your spirit during the message saying, this is what I will have you do in this particular situation. Father, we receive this during this time of ministration, the operations of the Holy Ghost within our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, today I want to share on something as we continue our teaching on um, the subject of the fact that or this subject that work is not and our daily work and we go out into what we have termed and I believe erroneously because if you check what the meaning of secular is it's it's it gives the impression that is void of God and we've talked about our secular work or what others know as a vocational calling as something that we are just doing that is all material and mundane but really and truly we've seen in the scriptures that 
It is something that is sacred unto God. It's a first form of worship. In fact, when man was created in the beginning, the assignment he was given was to work. And that was to replenish the earth. And God has never withdrawn that instruction he gave to man. So we are called to work and to understand that our work is a form of worship unto God. It's a spiritual altar unto him, a place in which we have encounters with God and where we worship him in spirit and in truth. And today I want to speak on opening up what we term the channels of our spirit into the earthly things in which we're doing. How we open up the channels of our spirit so that God is able to step into the very things that we are doing. Now, when God created man in the beginning, it tells us in the book of Genesis, he formed man out of the dust of the ground. Now, God had declared in heaven, let us create man in our own image after our own likeness. Now, but this great God, the creator of all things, man did not get come into existence just by his proclamation. He didn't just say, let us create man in our image after our likeness, and then man suddenly just showed up on the earth. God came down to the dust of the earth, uh, the most dishonorable, so to speak, came to the dust of the earth, and his hands got dirty. He had made the proclamation, but in order for what he had said to come to pass, he had to place his hands on the ground. And this is what people have got to understand about the dignity of labor. Many people who talk about their power of prayer, their power of faith, believe that it should exempt them from getting their hands dirty. Because they are operating just in the realm of the supernatural. God, the source of all things, came down and did what a child usually does in sand. Molded something right there. And what he had done the day before, you can read it, is that he caused dew to fall upon the earth. In other words, to make sure the ground was wet. So he could mold man and he formed man the way people form clay men and formed man and molded his nose and everything. And then picked up that man of clay and breathed into him the breath of life. And the Bible says man became a living soul. Man became a conscious being. Something entered into man. And that's why when people die, it's not that they cease to exist. They just change their location. In other words, that breath that entered into that uh, uh, mold there, that clay man, that spirit departs. And then the man, all right, the body of clay returns back to the dust. But that man is still in existence somewhere else. So he breathed into man the breath of life and man became a living soul or a conscious being. Now, the Hebrew sages that give the exact interpretation, because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the New Testament in Greek. There's a twofold meaning to that word, he breathed into man and man became a living soul. They say it means that man became another speaking spirit like God. 
In other words, as he breathed into man, man became a speaking spirit. That's why the evidence of life when a baby is born has to be by something that comes out of the mouth. The baby cries, and then you know this baby is alive. So the vocal cords is the way and manner in which you demonstrate that there's life on the inside. Speech is the first manifestation. So he breathed into man, and man became another speaking spirit like him. But there was a second quality that was placed that formed the spirit there of that man. And it's a word where we get kindness from. Such that it was through acts of kindness that the channels of the spirit of that man will be opened up. In other words, the connection between that spirit inside and the material universe, what opens it up are acts all right, of kindness that that individual will demonstrate on the earth. That's why in scripture, and this is what I want to talk about today, the word loving kindness to cultivate in the hearts of people the love there to be kind unto people and to be considerate unto people and to understand that even the work that we do with our hands is a practical demonstration of the love and the kindness of God. And it is the major quality in the work that we do that gives that spiritual force and power to it. Everything we see in scripture, God's visitation to a person, to a man or a woman, has always been opened up by an act of kindness that that person demonstrated to somebody else. That's what has always opened up the spirit of that individual. And there's a passage which means the things that you are saying about your future. The prophetic proclamations that you are making, the declarations, which means you go to work, you start a business. Hear this. And you are making powerful declarations. Though my beginning, my small, my latter end shall greatly increase. And you are speaking forth God's word. The channels through which the spirit of God will be able to come into the earth to fulfill all the declarations as another speaking spirit like God. For those things to be fulfilled will be acts of kindness. That you will demonstrate upon this earth. This is what gives God legal entry into your life. So this is very important. All right. And we're going to look at a couple of scriptures concerning this. For we'll see that throughout scriptures, acts of kindness have always been the breeding ground for the manifestation of God's uh, supernatural power there. So this vocational calling or what we call our secular work is actually a field. I would say there's grounds whereby we demonstrate this virtue that is called kindness. And as we demonstrate this virtue that we call kindness, then God gets practically involved in everything that we do. Now, so I've written a couple of things that I'll read out here quickly. In this work, we speak about the essence of your vocational or spiritual calling. And it's the grounds to, like we've said, demonstrate the kindness and empathy for humanity. So when you go to work every day, even if you are called, there's no difference here. 
Remember we said you are another speaking spirit and the point of entry for the fulfillment of those declarations that you are making come through what we call acts of kindness that you will show unto other people. This is why when that rich man went to meet Jesus said, I've done everything. He said, what will I do to inherit eternal life? To get in that spiritual part. Jesus said, go and love your neighbor. Show acts of kindness to my neighbor. And then he said, who then is my neighbor? Jesus. Jesus said, you want eternal life? He said, yes. You want God directly involved in your life every day? He said, yes. He said, let me tell you a story. He said there was a Levite who was going on his journey, saw a man who had been beaten by thieves, robbed, left half dead. He was a Levite. He was a very religious person. Walked past that person, going on his religious duty and didn't pay attention to him. Then another religious figure came, a priest, and he walked past that person. Now, I'm trying to show something. The sacredness the important thing on this earth is the way and manner in which we treat other people. Not the how religious our activities really are. That's why what we have termed secular is actually sacred. For if on those grounds a person has the opportunity to demonstrate kindness to another person, then he or she is directly in the service of God in that which they are doing. So he said there was a third fellow who was a Samaritan, wasn't even Jewish. He was on the other side of the road, saw this person, crossed over, poured in oil and wine to try to burn the wounds of the person, took him to an inn, went off his own. He was heading somewhere too. He had a busy schedule. But he broke ranks with that to, to, to give attention and care to this individual. Placed him in the inn. Paid the innkeeper. I want you to understand the extent to which he went. And said, if, any, if this man treating this guy will cost more than I've given you, then when I come back, I will pay you the rest. Jesus now asks, who then? Is the man's neighbor. Who, what do you mean? The man said, I understand. Go and do this and you will inherit eternal life. In other words, worship God every day. And keep your eyes open. Where you go to labor every day in what you have termed secular or vocational calling. For those you can demonstrate in practical terms kindness unto. And you will see the resultant effect of it. What you literally have done is you've opened up the door for God to step in. And every declaration you have made, that's why Galatians says, Faith that walketh by love and define that love as love, let us, it tells us, should not use our liberty as an occasion for the flesh, but in love to serve one another. I think that's verse 13. In 6, it says, This whole thing works by this whole thing is about faith that works through love. And then he went down some verses that says, This love is faith that works through the service of human. So, what we do every day is we are directly involved in serving people. 
So let's just look at something here. So our social interaction there is an essential element in work, which means when we go to work, there is a social interaction. It's an essential element in work. People have got to interact socially. And in that social interaction, apart from your competence, now this one is apart from your expertise. Now, there are certain ethics you must take to work, which we've termed this Protestant work ethic. Number one, you have to be a reliable person. In other words, you are punctual. Number two, you are knowledgeable about what you are doing. I mean, if you don't have the right knowledge and skill, we, you, are not, you, are not, you are not somebody who is dependable. Number three, you must be a person who is all about providing solutions to the challenges that are going on there. You must be a problem solver, dependable person, knowledgeable person. With that knowledge, you solve problems. It has to be your goal to take on tasks which at the beginning were beyond you. And through the acquisition of knowledge by intense study, you grow new brain cells to produce solutions to that thing. That has to be your approach. In order to be able to work effective and be an effective person. But in addition to this, in your social interactions with people, this is probably most important aspect here of your work, the socialization that is going on. That you treat people with respect, you treat people with honor for what I want to show can, without it, a cloud can rest upon your talent, your giftings, and your intellect. And you never enter into the place on this earth that God has designed for you. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you. In Luke chapter 13, verse 18. Luke chapter 13 and verse 18. It tells us this. Luke 13 and 18. Then said he, Unto what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or what is the kingdom of God like? Whereunto shall I resemble it? This is Jesus. So what on this earth can I tell you the kingdom of God is like? He said, It's like a grain of mustard seed which a man took and cast into his garden. So he had a garden. 
where he was walking. He took a grain of mustard seed, the kingdom, cast it into it. The seed is the word of God. He started saying powerful things about what will be the resultant effect of the work in which he was doing. Full of expectation, declaring things about his business, declaring things about the trajectory of his or her career. Saying powerful things. And it grew and waxed great, and the fowls of the air lodged on it. Whereunto shall I liken the kingdom of God? Is like a leaven, which a woman took. A leaven is an old English word for, or we could call yeast. And hid it in three measures of meal or flour, till the whole thing was leavened. So you look at a person's business. You look at a person's career. We all are on the same level. Suddenly it looks like everything is just rising. Now he says it's because that person consciously has put in what we call that leaven. This individual has inserted something right into it called the kingdom of God. And what that person has put in that has leavened, that has caused everything to be leavened, to rise up while other people are wondering, you know, we all started together. Where did this supernatural rise and increase come? What brought about all these manifestations? That leaven, I want to show you, is kindness. It is the leaven that you introduce into what you are doing, which is kindness there. Which is going the extra mile. Which is loving that act, acts of kindness. That is not just being interested in selling what I have, whatever it is, but giving this person products and rendering services to relieve this person of pain. That I feel what this person is feeling. And I go the extra mile. I even volunteer information. Just to make sure that the true value is given to this person as this individual makes en um, uh, uh, encounters me. And a sense of respect and dignity is communicated to that person. Even though that person might, not be, might be in a weaker position than I. But I still treat that person with some level of dignity and respect. That clothes that person with honor. This is the additional element to the things that you have that causes things to rise. And I want to show this from scripture. Alright, it is this leaven that you introduce into what you're doing. I have it written here. That transforms the ordinary into what we'll call extraordinary. Now, it's what Paul said in Colossians 3, 22, uh, 23, put your hand into it. It says, whatsoever you do, do heartily as unto the Lord. Put your heart into it. Heart means you put love into that particular thing. And then it tells us, all right, too many, that we put our heart. Now, many people are going to work without this element, without love. Not even love for what you are doing per se, but love for the people. You can love doing anything once you love the people that are coming in contact with your product or your services. And so you are looking at ways in which you can maximize the value of what you are doing in the lives of people because of the compassion and empathy that you have for these people. 
and then every other person that is relating and interacting with you. That is, you also show them kindness. Now, we'll go on and look at this. And I want to say something. I, I read a book recently. I mean, I've been studying the Torah. The Torah, yeah, are, are, are the first um, books that Moses read, wrote in the Old Testament. And uh, the Jewish people call this they call it the Torah. And I've been studying what rabbis have to say just to get the right perspective on scriptures because unto them was they were given the oracles of God. In other words, until uh, a, a Jewish mind, it's only a Jewish mind that could have given a proper interpretation of scripture, which means even what we call the New Testament we teach today were written by people who understood the scriptures as Jewish people, as Israelites, because it was given unto them. So the apostle to the Gentiles was Jewish, Paul himself. And here, understanding that was able to open it up. Now, I read a book recently, and this book, all right, had to do with um, the growth of a company and a global brand called Starbucks. It's a coffee shop, all right? spread over many nations of the earth. And it was a massive success story. How they transformed the ordinary thing of selling coffee, which had been going on for decades, into something that was extraordinary. People have been selling coffee for decades. But they turned this into an extraordinary thing, a global brand that was spread over nations of the earth. And was studying how they got the resounding success. Now, I want to read the figures so I don't miss it. Why did they get this resounding success? While studying it, I came to the conclusion that this owner of this Starbucks had to be a Jewish person. Now, the reason why was, as I studied those principles that they were applying, I saw that this was the core of what was being taught in human relationships stemming from the book of Leviticus, in the scriptures that this individual had simply translated into business language, I knew it. Immediately I looked, I said, this thing is the Torah. Now, upon researching, I found out that he grew up in a Jewish community in Brooklyn, New York. So obviously, and in that community, they had rabbis who regularly taught them. That's where the consciousness of that thing came. Now, just for you to understand the growth. Now, I'm saying when you invest this into what you are doing naturally, it's like putting leaven into three measures of flour and everything begins. So he introduced something into selling coffee, which God breathed into man at the beginning when he gave him the breath of life, it was an essential part. Apart from the fact that he was speaking, he, that was an essential part through which the spirit realm we opened up into anything he does in his earthly endeavors. Now, if you invested 10,000 US dollars in two Starbucks in 1997, by the year 2007, 
the worth of your investment will be $650,000, 65 times what you invested 20 years before. So if a person put a million dollars into it, the person will be worth $65 million simply because they made an investment. Since 1992 up until 2007, now for you to understand how powerful their success story was, the S&P, now we don't have time to say it, but this, we're talking about stock market, the value of stock. S&P rose 200%. The Dow Jones rose by 230%, but the Starbucks, all right, stock rose by 5,000%. So it wasn't something, there was growth going on in the stock exchange. There was general growth going on in business, 200%, 230%, best companies, but their own grew by 5,000%, 5,000, something was going on. So I said, having studied their success, I realized the essence of what they were doing was contained in God's fundamental laws of human relationship, contained in the Torah, all right, and this man had to be Jewish. And these laws of human relationship actually deal with kindness. So I want to quickly show some things here, quickly. In this last 10 minutes, I want to show that if we look into the scriptures, we will find out that kindness, acts of kindness, have been responsible for opening up supernatural doors. Now, quickly, we start from Genesis chapter 24. Genesis 24, from verse 10. Now, here's the story of Abraham. He sent his servant to go out to go and look for a wife for Isaac, his son. He was about, he said, it's time for him to get married. Now, you go find a wife and bring, and make sure you go back. All right, to my own people and go back to my own house and get some woman from that place and bring her here. Now, so this man simply pray, prayed unto God and asked God to show him kindness because that's what you want from God. It's kindness. The Bible says in this dispensation, he will show the riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. It's kindness that we call favor, that God favors a person. Now, so what happened was, to cut a long story short, all right, the servant took the ten camels from verse 10 of his master and departed, for all the goods of his master were in his hands. And then he went to the land and made his camels to kneel by the city, by, without the city. So he got to this city by the well of water at the time of evening, even the time when women go to draw water. And he said, O Lord God of my master, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water, and the daughters of men come. Let it come to pass. Now hear what he said. As the condition, how am I going to know who, listen to this, who I shall pick among all the women of this city to marry Isaac? Now, this was very important because this was the lineage from which Jesus was going to come. And if he made a mistake, if he made a mistake, on this, that's what, all right, she was saying when she got by and told Isaac that you can't give this to Esau. Go and read it. Esau went to choose women out of the land where God said you must not go. So the mother knew this chap is going to mess this entire thing up. So she went and said, Jacob must be the one. Now, so selection there was important. Now, the quality he was looking for wasn't beauty on the outside even though the woman ended up being beautiful 
It wasn't intelligent even though she was. The quality that he was looking for was kindness of heart. Now let me just drop this here and I'll show you from scripture. The most valuable quality you, a woman, can have is not the color of your lipstick, it's the kindness that you have in your heart. That is the most attractive force to the male species. Look at what he says here. And let it come to pass the damsel to whom I say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink. And she say, drink, I will give thy camels, drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. Thereby will I know that thou hast shown kindness to my master. In other words, we're looking for a kind woman. How are we going to know this? That, look, I will ask her for water. She should just draw water for me that I'm thirsty. And if, think about this, she looks at me after giving me the water, which is something good, but her consideration goes beyond that. And she says, what about your camels, animals, animals, your pets? What about water for them? That is the person we're looking for. For whoever will have consideration even for my animals. That's the quality of spirit we want to bring into this lineage. To show you again, that this thing we're saying is so true. Go to the book of Ruth. Ruth quickly and chapter 2. From verse 8. Now we know the story of Ruth. Ruth had married um, Naomi's son. Now Naomi had come out of Israel. There was, there was, there was famine. They moved into a land uh, of the Moabites. And, and her sons married Moabite women. And, and, and they, they died, and her husband died, and so they all had to come back. And so she told her daughter-in-law, look, there's no chance of you people getting married because there's something called Kingsman's Redeemer. If you're going to get married again, you'll have to marry the brother, all right, of your, of your husband by our, by our culture. And, and the, all, the, all the sons are dead, so I will have to give birth to a child. He will have to grow and become age of marriage, and then he has to decide, to say, look, there's no point. If you're going to ever have a future, you've got to leave me, you go. Ruth refused to go. Now, it, this isn't just being seen with her. No, it was much deeper than that. So she followed her at the risk of, based on what she said, you may not get married again. But she saw that aged woman going and her heart latched onto her. And look at what she says. Look at what it says here in Ruth chapter 3. So, as they now began, all right, she started walking now in the fields of, of Boaz, who was the wealthiest man in that place. Then Boaz said unto Ruth, Hearest thou not my daughter? Go not to glean another field, neither go from thence, but abide here fast by my maidens. So suddenly Boaz took special notice of Ruth and said, No, 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 don't go there. Stay here in this choice area and walk in this place. And then he says, let thine eyes be on the field that thou do reap, and go after, go thou after them. I have not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? Alright? And when thou art thirsty, go to the, unto the vessels, drink that which the young men have drunk. So he gave her special treatment. Now, hear what Ruth now said. And she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said, why have I found grace in thine eyes? that thou should take knowledge of me. Boaz eventually married her. 
And Boaz was the wealthiest man. What was Boaz could have gotten any woman there? But what quality was Boaz looking for? And he says that thou should take knowledge of me, seeing I'm a stranger. I, I'm a stranger. I'm even a Moabite. I'm not. I'm not part. In fact, if we're going to go by the letter of the law, you're not to even have association with me. Boaz answered and said, "This is the quality I saw. It hath fully been shown me." All that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thy husband, how thou hast not left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity, and, and had come unto, you have left your father, unto a people which thou knowest not. And then he said, God recompense thy work, and a full reward be given thee of thee, all right, the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou hast come. It says this, to trust. Then she said, let me find grace in thy sight. And then talked about that. And what Boaz was referring to that he saw, all right, says that he realized the kindness. That's the word that is used in the original text. The kindness that you have shown, all right, unto the mother-in-law. There's this kindness that you have shown unto her. And because of this kindness that you have shown unto her, he said, this is exactly what I am going to do. Now, it was the kindness that Boa, that Ruth showed and demonstrated. If you also look at Rahab the harlot, how did she get out of that situation? The Bible talks about it. How did Rahab get out? We see this in Genesis 40. It was a demonstration of kindness. Report came to her from the, from the ruler of the land that there were some spies who had come in and they were going to take those spies. Then she realized that the guests in that place were actually Israelites who had come to spy and they would have been killed. And she preserved their life and showed them kindness and hid them. And the scripture tells us because of this kindness that I've shown thee, Joshua chapter 2 and from verse 3, well, let the cough time, let's just go down here. And, 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 and she said, now, therefore, I pray you, swear unto me, so she told the spies, by the Lord, since I've shown you kindness, that thou will also show. Now, the only thing Rahab did who was a harlot that we say by faith was she showed kindness to people. She showed, demonstrated kindness and got into this contract with nation is that she was the only one that was preserved. When God looked into the earth and said, only Noah is worthy, it was only Noah that had a kind heart towards people and had that consideration towards people. When Joseph was working in a place of expertise, doing stuff, he saw people that were sad, went to meet them and, and, and showed kindness and said, how can I solve your problem? And they said, look, why is your countenance sad? That wasn't part of his duty, but he went out of his way to do that. And what we see in scripture is that as you are doing your work in a knowledgeable way, in your social interactions with people, for there is something that I learned very powerful. It's not your work that is going to speak for you only. People are going to open up their mouth and speak for you in certain places. Ruth what she did spoke for her. Somebody said it to Boaz. That's how she got married and became the grandmother of David. She was a Moabite. Kindness took her into that place. 
So folks, in all our interaction with people, one of the, the greatest form of service we can render is to be kind unto people. This is the place that angels can come into your life. That is, you wake up every morning, you worship God and say, who can I show kindness to? And this doesn't, none of these people I spoke about give any fine financial or monetary gifts to any person. But they, they, they were there. They helped people. They, they did things. Ruth supported. Rahab helped. We see these individuals. Rebecca gave water to Kabbalah. Not that they gave, but they, they, they had a heart of kindness. It's about seeing somebody where you are struggling to carry something and you decide. Now you're on your way somewhere, you stop and help that person. Even if it is the smallest person in that company. That yes, you're a boss, but this person is trying to carry up the cartons up there. And he's a laborer. But he's finding it difficult. And you can see, and just say, roll up and say, let me help you with this. That's what people see. That's what people behold. That's what God sees. I says, this is the person. And that, without that, expertise in terms of your human relations in showing kindness to people, what will happen is that under the natural system of promotion that Joseph was experiencing in jail, you will have that. But that supernatural breakthrough where a king sends for you and makes you prime minister and takes you beyond what you deserve, that, uh, that supernatural element comes into play. The Boaz finding you comes into play in your life because of the way and manner you treat people. Thank you. For listening to today's podcast to listen to the full message or any other message please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org for any inquiries please call 0818-600-0082 god bless you I read a book recently, and this book, all right, had to do with um, the growth of a company and a global brand called Starbucks. It's a coffee shop, all right, spread over many nations of the earth. And it was a massive success story, how they transformed the ordinary thing of selling coffee, which had been going on for decades, into something that was extraordinary. People have been selling coffee for decades. But they turned this into an extraordinary thing, a global brand that was spread over nations of the earth. 
And was studying how they got the resounding success. Now, I want to read the figures so I don't miss it. Why did they get this resounding success? While studying it, I came to the conclusion that this owner of this Starbucks had to be a Jewish person. Now, the reason why was, as I studied those principles that they were applying, I saw that this was the core of what was being taught in human relationships stemming from the book of Leviticus. In the scriptures, that this individual had simply translated into business language. I knew it. Immediately I looked, I said, this thing is the Torah. Now, upon researching, I found out that he grew up in a Jewish community in Brooklyn, New York. So obviously, and in that community, they had rabbis who regularly taught them. That's where the consciousness of that thing came. Now, just for you to understand the growth. Now, I'm saying when you invest this into what you are doing naturally, it's like putting leaven into three measures of flour and everything begins. So he introduced something into selling coffee, which God breathed into man at the beginning when he gave him the breath of life. It was an essential part. Apart from the fact that he was speaking, he, oh, that was an essential part through which the spirit realm we opened up into anything he does in his earthly endeavors. Now, if you invested 10,000 US dollars in two Starbucks in 1997, by the year 2007, the worth of your investment will be $650,000, 65 times what you invested 20 years before. So if a person put a million dollars into it, the person will be worth $65 million simply because they made an investment. Since 1992 up until 2007, now for you to understand how powerful their success story was, the S&P, now we don't have time to say it, but this, we're talking about stock market, the value of stock. S&P rose 200%. The Dow Jones rose by 230%, but the Starbucks, all right, stock rose by 5,000%. So it wasn't something, there was growth going on in the stock exchange. There was general growth going on in business, 200%, 230% best companies, but their own grew by 5,000%, 5,000, something was going on. So I said, I haven't studied their success. I realized the essence of what they were doing was contained in God's fundamental laws of human relationship, contained in the Torah, all right, and this man had to be Jewish. And these laws of human relationship actually deal with kindness. So I want to quickly show some things here, quickly. In this last 10 minutes, I want to show that if we look into the scriptures, we will find out that kindness, acts of kindness, have been responsible for opening up supernatural doors. Now, quickly, we start from Genesis chapter 24. Genesis 24, from verse 10. Now, here's the story of Abraham. He sent his servant to go out to go and look for a wife for Isaac, his son. He was about, he said, it's time for him to get married. Now, you go find a wife and bring, and make sure you go back. All right, to my own people and go back to my own house and get some woman from that place and bring her here. 
Now, so this man simply pray, prayed unto God and asked God to show him kindness because that's what you want from God. It's kindness. The Bible says in this dispensation, he will show the riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. It's kindness that we call favor, that God favors a person. Now, so what happened was, to cut a long story short, all right, the servant took the 10 camels from verse 10 of his master and departed for all the goods of his master were in his hands. And then he went to the land and made his camels to kneel by the city by without the city so he got to this city by the well of water at the time of evening even the time when women go to draw water and he said oh lord god of my master i pray thee send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master abraham behold i stand here by the well of water and the daughters of men come let it come to pass now hear what he said as the condition how am i going to know who listen to this who I shall pick among all the women of this city to marry Isaac. Now, this was very important because this was the lineage from which Jesus was going to come. And if he made a mistake, if he made a mistake on this, that's what, all right, she was saying when she got by and told Isaac that you can't give this to Esau. Go and read it. Esau went to choose women out of the land where God said you must not go. So the mother knew this chap is going to mess this entire thing up. So she went and said, Jacob must be the one. Now, so selection there was important. Now, the quality he was looking for wasn't beauty on the outside, even though the woman ended up being beautiful. It wasn't intelligent, even though she was. The quality that he was looking for was kindness of heart. Now, let me just drop this here, and I'll show you from Scripture. The most valuable quality you, a woman, can have is not the color of your lipstick, it's the kindness that you have in your heart. That is the most attractive force to the male species. Look at what he says here. And let it come to pass the damsel to whom I say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee that I may drink. And she say, drink, I will give thy camels, drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. Thereby will I know that thou hast shown kindness to my master. In other words, we're looking for a kind woman. How are we going to know this? That, look, I will ask her for water. She should just draw water for me that I'm thirsty. And if, think about this, she looks at me after giving me the water, which is something good. But her consideration goes beyond that. And she says, what about your camels, animals, animals, your pets? What about water for them? That is the person we're looking for. For whoever will have consideration even for my animals. That's the quality of spirit we want to bring into this lineage. To show you again that this thing we're saying is so true. Go to the book of Ruth. Ruth quickly and chapter 2. From verse 8, now we know the story of Ruth. Ruth had married um, Naomi's son. Now, Naomi had come out of Israel. There was, there was, there was famine. They moved into a land uh, of the Moabites, and, and her sons married Moabite women, 
and 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 they they died and her husband died and so they all had to come back and so she told her daughter-in-law look there's no chance of you people getting married because there's something called kingsman's redeemer if you're going to get married again you'll have to marry the brother all right of your of your husband by our, by our culture and and the, all the all the sons are dead so i will have to give birth to a child he will have to grow and become age of marriage and then he has to decide to say look there's no point if you're going to ever have a future you've got to leave me you go Ruth refused to go. Now, it, this isn't just being seen with her. No, it was much deeper than that. So she followed her at the risk of, based on what she said, you may not get married again. But she saw that aged woman going and her heart latched onto her. And look at what she says. Look at what it says here in Ruth chapter 3. So, as they now began, all right, she started walking now in the fields of, of Boaz, who was the wealthiest man in that place. Then Boaz said unto Ruth, Hearest thou not my daughter? Go not to glean another field, neither go from thence, but abide here fast by my maidens. So suddenly Boaz took special notice of Ruth and said, No, 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 don't go there. Stay here in this choice area and walk in this place. And then he says, let thine eyes be on the field that thou do reap, and go after, go thou after them. I have not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? All right? And when thou art thirsty, go to the, unto the vessels, drink that which the young men have drunk. So he gave her special treatment. Now, hear what Ruth now said. And she fell on her face and bowed herself to the ground and said, Why have I found grace in thine eyes? that thou should take knowledge of me. Boaz eventually married her. And Boaz was the wealthiest man. What was, Boaz could have gotten any woman there, but what quality was Boaz looking for? And he says, that thou should take knowledge of me, seeing I'm a stranger. I, I'm a stranger, I'm even a Moabite. I'm not, I'm not part. In fact, if we're going to go by the letter of the law, you're not to even have association with me. Boaz answered and said, this is the quality I saw. It hath fully been shown me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thy husband, how thou hast not left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity and, and had come unto, you have left your father unto a people which thou knowest not. And then he said, God recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of thee, all right, the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou hast come, it says this, to trust. Then she said, let me find grace in thy sight. And then talked about that. And what Boaz was referring to that he saw, all right, says that he realized the kindness, that's the word that is used in the original text, the kindness that you have shown, all right, unto the mother-in-law. There's this kindness that you have shown unto her. And because of this kindness that you have shown unto her, he said, this is exactly what I am going to do. Now, it was the kindness that Boa, that Ruth showed and demonstrated. If you also look at Rahab the harlot, how did she get out of that situation? The Bible talks about it. How did Rahab get out? We see this in Genesis 40. It was a demonstration of kindness. 
report came to her from the, from the ruler of the land that there were some spies who had come in and they were going to take those spies. Then she realized that the guests in that place were actually Israelites who had come to spy and they would have been killed. And she preserved their life and showed them kindness and hid them. And the scripture tells us, because of this kindness that I've shown thee, Joshua chapter 2, and from verse 3, well, let the cough time, let's just go down here. And, 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 and she said, Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me, so she told the spies, by the Lord, since I've shown you kindness, that thou will also show. Now, the only thing Rahab did, who was a harlot, that we say by faith, was she showed kindness to people. She showed, demonstrated kindness. And got into this contract with nation of Israel, she was the only one that was preserved. When God looked into the earth and said, only Noah is worthy. It was only Noah that had a kind heart towards people and had that consideration towards people. When Joseph was working in a place of expertise, doing stuff, he saw people that were sad, went to meet them and, and, and showed kindness and said, how can I solve your problem? And they said, look, why is your countenance sad? That wasn't part of his duty, but he went out of his way to do that. And what we see in scripture is that as you are doing your work in a knowledgeable way, in your social interactions with people, for there is something that I learned very powerful. It's not your work that is going to speak for you only. People are going to open up their mouth and speak for you in certain places. Ruth, what she did spoke for her. Somebody said it to Boaz. That's how she got married and became the grandmother of David. She was a Moabite. Kindness took her into that place. So folks, in all our interaction with people, one of the, the greatest form of service we can render is to be kind unto people. This is the place that angels can come into your life. That is, you wake up every morning, you worship God and say, who can I show kindness to? And this doesn't, none of these people I spoke about gave any fi financial or monetary gifts to any person. But they, they, they were there. They helped people. They, they did things. Ruth supported. Rahab helped. We see these individuals. Rebecca gave water to Kaba. Not that they gave, but they, they, they had a heart of kindness. It's about seeing somebody where you are struggling to carry something and you decide. Now you're on your way somewhere, you stop and help that person. Even if it is the smallest person in that company. That yes, you're a boss, but this person is trying to carry up the cartons up there. And he's a laborer. But he's finding it difficult. And you can see. And just say, roll up and say, let me help you with this. That's what people see. That's what people behold. That's what God sees. And says, this is the person. And that, without that, expertise in terms of your human relations, in showing kindness to people. What will happen? is that under the natural system of promotion that Joseph was experiencing in jail, you will have that. 
But that supernatural breakthrough where a king sends for you and makes you prime minister and takes you beyond what you deserve, that at that supernatural element comes into play. The Boaz finding you comes into play in your life because of the way and manner you treat people. If you're running a business, kindness has to be the training you give to your workforce so that in their interaction with people, there is honor, there is respect. Kindness is what brings spiritual breakthrough. And if a person is stagnant, and I'll close this, you are stagnant. Things are not working for you. You know what's going on? You know what's going on? You have run short of kindness on the earth. In other words, there are not people that will go out of their way to come and help you. That's what's going on. Not that, what, not that people can get you out of that place. It's like the prodigal son no man gave to him. You've run short of kindness. Your storehouse is void of kindness. So what you are going to do is get yourself into prayer and do what is written in Hosea chapter 10, I believe, verse 12. So, in righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground with acts of kindness. They came to Jesus. Jesus said, don't pray like the heathen do. First thing you've got to do is take from what you have, give to the poor, provide for yourself in heavens, a bag that works not old, a treasure that faileth not, that provide, let your storehouse start getting deposits of acts of kindness on this earth. And then enter into the place of prayer. And every day, make sure you don't sleep without going out of your way to show kindness. Ask God every day, give me the opportunity to show kindness. Write what I'm saying down. Now, in one of those acts of your kindness as you are praying, it will be Jesus himself that will come to you, in quote now, in flesh. And because you did that act of kindness there, a massive door will be opened up unto you. And the days of stagnance will be over. And it will be morning time again in your life. You know what happens to people? They don't understand this principle. It's a spiritual secret. They don't know it. The second thing is when they're in trouble, they think about who will give to them. What you start thinking about is how do I help people? You say, I've not been employed for a, for a long time. Volunteer your talent. Are you educated? There are school children that have no, no, nobody to teach them. They've run short of, go, look, get out of your house and look for some school. And say, hey, I'll, I'll teach. I got a degree in this, I'll teach. For free. I, I'm telling you, you don't give me a dime. I'm not doing this. And then show compassion to those children. Genuinely pass information and value to them. Then stay in prayer. Keep your heart clean, forgiving every single person. Nobody is responsible for your life. God is your source. And see whether what we are saying will not turn, completely turn your life around at once. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for all those who have listened to this message. In the name of Jesus, I pray for them, Lord. Pour afresh into their hearts. Cause that love to abound yet more and more in all knowledge and judgment. They may approve things that are excellent that their souls will be flooded with this kindness, that those acts will proceed forth out of them and bless humanity. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Alright, just to also say that we resume our on-site services, fiscal service, on the 6th of September, the first Sunday in September. We'll comment, but we will continue everything we've been doing online and what you're watching now. Everything will continue at the same time, right, as we commence our physical uh, on-site services. There, we'll be starting with three services in our three centers every Sunday morning. All right, then. Once again, thank you so much for watching. Um, it's great pleasure being able to come and minister God's word to you this way. God bless you and do have a wonderful week in his presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome back. That was a very insightful message from our senior pastor, Pastor Kojirimade. And I'd like to encourage you throughout this week that you please put the word of God on your lips, make your confessions. And as you do that, mixing this word with faith, you will reap 30, 60, and 100 fold in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, if you're new to church, if this is your first time interacting with the Covenant Nation, we'd like to invite you to please share your experience with us uh, on the website scrolling right below the screen right now, www.insightsforliving.org forward slash new to church. Please share your experience. We'd like to know how this message has blessed you and how the interaction online has been for you. Um, otherwise, I'd like to encourage you to please follow us on our social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel um, and or just search for The Covenant Nation and you can interact with us across any of those social media channels. Um, it's my prayer that as we go into the week now, that God will bless us and keep us in his will. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.